Welcome to Manager Tools. How to evaluate answers to the weakness question, part two. Here we go. This cast answers these questions. Why should I ask the weakness question in an interview? What are good answers to the weakness question in an interview? What are bad answers to the weakness question in an interview? Well, if you want answers to these questions and more, keep listening. Last week, we talked about reason number one for the weakness question, right? Self-awareness and candor. And we have two, two major reasons for the, for the question. Let's talk about the second one before we get into all the bad answers that we often hear to the question. And reason number two, role and cultural alignment. Tell me about that. Yeah. So everybody has weaknesses. And if you remember the self-standard from a few minutes ago, you know, the way we think about it, if you're really going to be self-facing, if you're going to be candid and and be a professional, then 50% of your skills are weaknesses. So it isn't designed just to find weakness, okay, because we all have them. It's designed in part to find a weakness which matches up unfavorably against what we need and what we want. And we're not asking this question generically of anyone so that there are good answers for any company in any role and that the same good answers as in any other company or any bad, you know, there are some known bad answers and you should not say those things. It's not that at all. What we're trying to do is find out, do your strengths match us and or do your weaknesses not match us? And so what that means is we really need to know well the role we're hiring for, and the culture the candidate is joining, right? What's our company like? What's our division like? We need to know what we're looking for in both skills and abilities, right? The things people can do and traits and characteristics. So external stuff, things that are visible and internal stuff, things that drive how people are so that we can evaluate the answer to any interview. You know, you, you can't just go and interview somebody and say, I like them. Well, you can. Effective interviewers go, okay, what are we looking for? What's this job? What's our culture? How are things going to change? How are they going to remain the same? Whatever. So for many managers, what that means is looking at the role and, and asking ourselves, okay, what am I looking for this person to do? Okay. And then what kind of person do I want? What kind of person does the company need both near and long term? And so that's going to give us insight into weaknesses that could be problematic. So look, if you're familiar with our interview creation tool, right, then you know that that tool creates a behavioral interview, an entire interview, basically intuitively by answering a series of questions about the job, separate from interview questions. Uh, it creates matching behavioral interview questions based on the kind of skills, traits, characteristics, and abilities you're looking for in the job. One of the inevitable outcomes of creating effective, appropriately targeted, I guess, uh, behavioral interview questions for a role is you end up gleaning from that process the skills and traits necessary for success, and it should be pretty obvious weaknesses that'll destroy value in the role. That's probably my favorite thing about the interview creation tool. Going through the tool forces one to think through what's required for the position and what's not. Yeah. And what I like is when you end up, my, my favorite thing is when you get the interview printout and the first, second, third, fourth questions, people are like, wow, that's particularly somebody who's not familiar with 
uh, behavioral interview questions. I'm like, wow, that is such a good question. And it's exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah. And, and by the way, folks, the, the tool we're talking about, I feel, I feel like I'm going into an ad. I'm not. But if you're confused, the interview creation tool is on the website and available to manage your tools licensees. So if you're interested in that, just go to the website, www.manager-tools.com. <laughs> okay. Now it's an ad, dude. Um, there's a bonus here too. Because the question itself the weakness question has many different types of pitfalls. Okay, somebody's not prepared, they're arrogant, or they're insecure, or they have some artifice going in the interview, the deception, dishonesty, and so on. It's a great question to ask if you have a vague sense of unease about a candidate and you feel the need to elicit an answer that will disappoint you enough to be convincing in an interview results capture meeting. Meaning, we want to evaluate all answers and compare the candidate to the standard we're hiring for. But if you're looking for a soundbite or something specific to say, I don't recommend we hire this person because he has an issue with X, he said this in the interview. I've seen hundreds of interview results capture meetings essentially end because one person said, no, I don't recommend it, and then told them what the concern was, and then gave specific behavioral evidence from the interview. And everybody else goes, well, if he says that, then, you know, gosh, no. You know, I'm with Joe. <laughs> We're not hiring the guy. Exactly. Okay, so let's talk about some of the bad answers, which just, it's like a train wreck, right? Everybody loves, everybody loves, it. Everybody loves to see a train wreck. Well, here you go, folks. We're, we have several of them. So how about we do this? How about if I give you the answer as if I'm the candidate and, uh, without telling people how we categorize it, and then you can talk about what it is. So folks, listen to my answer, and then you can guess in your head before Mark tells you what the uh, why this is so bad. So here he goes. Yeah. So why don't you ask me the question? Okay. Mike, um, tell me about a weakness that you have. I, and for the record, I'm not suggesting a weakness relative to everybody else in the world. I'm just talking about something that you don't consider a strength, something that in your pantheon of skills is, is below average. Mm. Can we think? Okay, well, I'll tell you, Mark, sometimes I am just way too customer focused. All I think about is a customer being their champion internally, making sure that everything goes right for them. And, you know, and sometimes that can just be too much. <laughs> I love it. That is just horrible. I mean, it's just horrible. And it's horrible on several levels. Well, you know, it doesn't answer the question. And then just the, the arrogance to say it that way, and then this stupidity to believe a website that told you you should do that, and then the willingness to lie. It's like a perfect mix of everything you don't want to do. And go on the web, folks, and look at weakness question guidance. I mean, if it's on the internet, it's got to be true. Yeah, folks, you can't, you can't answer a question about a weakness and tell them about how strong you are in a given area. That's just, yeah. just crazy. And there's a lot of advice out there in the web that suggests that. Sometimes how much strength I have in so many areas makes other people jealous of me. And so sometimes my success creates retention problems for other people on the team. I mean, come on. People feel intimidated about me because of <laughs> yes. my greatness. Yes. Oh my and you should know, by the way, that I'm not intimidating. It's just that other people feel intimidated. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, we're not psychologists, folks, but we're pretty sure that that answer shows an egotistical, condescending liar. 
pretty much a trifecta of misery there. Um, it gets even worse when the strength they overuse to create a weakness is something in big type on your website. They're basically just pandering to you and saying, you know, I, I did five minutes of research and that's what you're looking for. Looking it's in for the job an innovative, creative type. I, I tell you, my, I'm just, I'm just too innovative. Just too innovative. I, there's just too much going too, on. Too head. much creativity. <laughs> I just, I don't even know how to have the ideas come at me. You know, I'm just constantly. I'm just, and folks, it's only funny because it happens so often. This is, just, we're not, this is not something that, that never happened. It happens all the time. And there's people, like I said earlier, there's people out there giving the advice that this is what you should do. Yeah. I think there's a fairly popular HR website that says you should say that your weakness is chocolate. That's a slap in the face to a recruiter. You're basically saying, I don't support the idea of interviewing. And let me go further. Some people would say, well, you know, if you can ask me that question, since this is a two-way street, then I should be able to ask the company or the hiring manager what your weakness is. Well, let's talk about that for just a minute, because I mentioned this to a couple people recently, and they said they had seen some stuff, Mike, that said that, you know, well, that's not really a great question. And yeah, it is. It actually is a great question. First of all, we also want to recommend you ask it at least halfway or more through the interview. And part of the reason why is because you want to have some of their behavioral interviewing answers under the belt because this question can be the pit of hell for people who have not already shown, if you use Mike's example as an answer, the champion of the customer, if they've not already had themes of customer concern running heavily through all their behavioral interviewing answers. And if you're really going to be clear with people, you could say, gosh, you know, we've had, I've asked you four questions and you've told me that you're champion for the customer, but I've never seen, you know, I haven't heard about that before. What am, what am I missing in your answers? That would probably put a cold sweat on some candidates. But here's the thing about, oh, why should we ask the Wheaton's question or, you know, gosh, should they be able to ask us and so on? First of all, as a candidate, and of course, this podcast is about managing and about interviewing people, but as a candidate, it is never appropriate to decide that the questions the company asks are inappropriate and therefore you get to answer whatever you want. You get to fib, you get to lie, you get to make up something, you get to essentially send a message of disdain. And the reason for that is not because the two people in the interviewing room um, are not equal and the company can do what it wants. No. The idea that interviewing is give and take or a two-way street or not a negotiation exactly, but both sides have to decide to end up together is true, but it's an asynchronous equality. In the first part of an interview, the manager, the hiring manager, the recruiter, the HR person gets to ask the questions, okay? In the last part of the interview, the candidate gets to ask some questions. I would be surprised if it happened, but if a candidate had an excellent interview, and maybe they worried a little bit about their weakness answer, and they said to me at the end of the interview, you know, Mark, you asked me about weakness. Do you have weakness? And of course I would say, yeah, I got, I got tons. Well, can you tell me about one? Sure. And then I would give my weakness answer. And I wouldn't have any problem with that, provided somebody did, did well. Now, if I thought somebody did poorly and attempted to lie to me by saying what, what their, one of their greatest strengths is uh, and say that's just too much for other people, I would say that that's just them being unprofessional in the interview. And by the way, after they get an offer from us, when it's time for them to take over, when control passes from the company, from the hiring company to the candidate, they can ask all these questions. They can ask, can I talk to each person who interviewed me for 30 minutes? 
Now, if all they do is throw back questions that they got and you detect a hint of sarcasm or something like that, you may want to retract the offer. But I wouldn't have any problem having a candidate, uh, somebody whom we've offered, call me and say, you know, there are a few questions you threw at me that I'd, I'd kind of like to get your take on. I'd say, fine. At this point, I've made them an offer. I want them to come to work here. I'm willing to be candid and open the way I would have expected them to be as part of being a professional in the interview. So people miss that. And there's a lot, you know, a lot of interviewing guidance for candidates essentially about covering up, about is it about making it through the game of interviewing. Well, this is not a game. This is two professionals having a completely reasonable conversation that's designed to help make the most important granular decision that companies make for the future of the organization, what kind of people you're going to bring on board. Because Horseman's first law, it's all about people. Yeah, I guess one thing that crossed my mind, and maybe we're going to get to it later, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead, but you know, one of the purposes of behavioral interviewing and why we believe it, it is the way to interview is, right, you're trying to forecast future behavior based on behavior that they have demonstrated in the past, right? That's what we're trying to get, them walking through decisions and behaviors that they've engaged in the past. Well, in this particular case, you've asked a question, they've answered, they're engaging in behavior right in front of you. And that behavior, you can use that to predict the future. And so if you ask an honest and direct question and they obfuscate the answer, right? They don't answer. Well, just think about the future. What does that mean about the future? When you ask them, where are we on deliverable X? Are you going to be able to believe that answer or are they going to obfuscate once again when they're when they're put in a position to add, answer a question that makes them feel uncomfortable? And for me, that's why this is death. That answer is death to me. Yeah. So again, any interview candidate, their answer to the weakness question, if we've asked it after they've answered some questions, we can compare their claim of weakness against all their other results and so on and see if there's any disconnect. Um, there is a potential loophole here uh, for some who use the overused strength dodge. It's a particular form of dodge. So, Mike, let's do it again. Assume I've given you the, the question and you go ahead and give your answer, but let's modify it a little bit. Okay. Mm -hmm. Are you going to ask me? No. Just, <laughs> at this point, okay. you could remember the question. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to. <laughs> assume that our audience is intelligent because they are. Okay, here we go. Here's my answer. Well, sometimes I'm just too customer focused. All I think about is a customer being their champion internally. And that can be too much. Sometimes it makes me become less of a team player and perhaps too forceful with others at times. Yeah. So in this case, slightly different answer, a little bit more on that. Mike revealed a weakness, less of a team player and too forceful. So, Technically, he answered the question. He just did it poorly. Now, you might say, no, wait, he answered the question. Now, actually, no. Mike committed the second biggest mistake of interviewees, which is they think they outrank the interviewer. What happens is we ask a question, and the candidate chooses to tell us what they wanted us to know. In this case, Mike wants me to know his strength before they told us what we specifically asked to know, which, of course, is the weakness. And interviews are not about the candidate giving us what we want or the candidate giving us what he wants. The interviews are about getting what we need to make a decision. 
So a candidate who puts themselves first, in this case, probably, we, we're not psychologists again, but probably because they don't really want to talk about a weakness or they're afraid that will disqualify them because they don't understand the, the, the relative ranking scale. It's not good. So a candidate who's having, who's having a great interview might have earned some leeway. You know, if you're 40 minutes into an interview with a candidate and they're doing well, and then they give this answer. You could say, well, okay, that's a that's a small tactical unforced error in the interview in that they want to talk about strength. But in this particular case, they did give me a weakness. On the other hand, a candidate who's not doing very well, who comes up with this question, with this answer, as do, in other words, they're doing poorly in the interview, probably just maybe put the nail in the coffin and killed their chances. If you think the candidate is worth digging into, maybe maybe they don't have great tactical interviewing skills, but you see a lot to like there in terms of skills and traits, maybe the candidate who gives the kind of answer Mike just gave is worthy of some probing. And so we would probe on the weakness and, and ignore the strength, and it might sound like this. So then, Mike, your weakness is that at times you're not enough of a team player and too forceful. I, I, I get that it's based on this desire to be a champion for the customer. That's great, but I want to focus on the weakness right now. Please take a minute and tell me the behaviors you'd engage in, things you would do that I could see or hear or read when those weaknesses showed themselves. And if that happens, if I get a little bit of a dodge, but I get a little nugget of truth in there, I probe on the nugget of truth and ask for behaviors, and that's now the real weakness question. And again, we get to evaluate the behaviors they proffer as examples and determine if they're problematic relative to the role, skills and traits, or the culture. I'm sorry, skills and abilities, and then the culture would be traits and characteristics. Folks, I, I know many of you are pushing back in the sense of, geez, we're just making it so hard for the interviewee that will never hire anyone. <laughs> That's, it's not true, but they worry about that. Yeah. Not true. Well, you know, this, this is a little bit like people saying one-on-ones or micromanaging. That's ludicrous. I mean, my classic example to one-on-ones or micromanaging, I'd say, really? Let's say you work a 50-hour week. I'm asking you for 1% of your time every week to communicate with me on things that are important to you and vice versa. I want you to find someone somewhere in this organization who feels that 1% of your time a week with me to develop a professional relationship of trust and communication is micromanaging. The point is everybody sees it from their own perspective. So one-on-ones are micromanaging. You know, if I already know I don't like being managed, so any kind of management, I just cry micromanagement. It's the boy who cried wolf. Same thing here. If your interviews are unstructured, not prepared for, unthought out, just a little chat, a give and take, and then suddenly you start seeing tough interview questions, you're going to say, ah, it's too hard because you're evaluating it from the way you've been doing it. Uh, We don't recommend that you be tough in an interview. We recommend you be sweet as pie and tough about the standards. Somebody had a phrase, I can't remember, tough on standards, um, easy on people or nice, nice with people. I can't remember what it was. Um, that's what we want. And yes, if you're saying, boy, this is going to be tough. If that's your language for 
you're raising the bar. Yes, we absolutely are. We want you not to make a mistake of hiring a false positive. We don't want you to hire somebody that you're later going to regret because if you're a young manager particularly and you've never done that, you will do it just once. Talk to those more senior to you, your mentors and colleagues who have more experience and they will all say the same thing. Whatever you do, don't hire somebody you'll regret. We're going to raise the bar, so we're going to eliminate the big mistake. And this is the big mistake, hiring the wrong person. Oh, my God. Yeah. If you've ever done it, yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, so let, me, so let me give you another answer to the weakness question and see what you think about that. Um, I'm hiring for a sales slash kind of account manager type job. Okay. And so my, yeah. my answer to the weakness question is, well, Mark, you know, I, I just feel uncomfortable around people and sometimes in <laughs> oh, social sorry. situations. I didn't, I didn't expect <laughs> you to go that hard. Sorry. <laughs> you gotta make, you yeah. gotta make these things up. I know that's, it's a little, okay. So I'm going to stop. You got, you get the point, right? Yeah. Um, another dangerously bad way to answer the weakness question is when the candidate states a weakness that is in a skill or trait that is a needed strength of the role. Right. Again, we talked about this before. The hiring manager has to have thought through what are strengths required for her job, right? The job she's hiring for. Now, again, if you're struggling with how to do that, um, interestingly, it's kind of a weird placement, but one way you could do that is listen to our performance reviews guidance. We walk through some simple questions you can use to create a profile of a job, almost a job description. And of course, you could use the job description, although job descriptions generally are administrivia. Um, they're not terribly valuable and they're almost never up to date. And I think I always recommend every time you interview somebody uh, is a chance to update the job description and to say, let's, let's think a little bit about what we're looking for. What's changed in the last year since we hired for this position and therefore how will the interview change? Or of course you can use the interview creation tool um, and you can create an interview and just read the questions the tool creates for you. That's fine. I think some people think, well, I'll just, you know, I'll just hire for, I'll just say they need everything, right? They have to be detail-oriented. They have Super, to be great Superman. communicators. Yeah, you can't, they have yeah the interview creation tool doesn't allow you to do that. It's a, it's a series of skills. It's a series of skills, and, and you, you essentially compare them to one another, much like DISC does by comparing your tendencies in certain areas. Yeah. Look, an answer which shows weakness from a candidate in an area easily seen as a strength required for the role shows not just they're probably not a good fit skill-wise for the role, but it also shows an astonishing lack of preparation for the interview. And as a general rule, guys, if you don't know this, let's be clear, a lack of preparation is a lack of interest. If it's your dream job and you know you have an interview in a week and you don't prepare, what are you, just too good? I don't know. I don't want somebody who says, um, my biggest presentation of my life coming up with the CEO next week. Uh, oh, how are you preparing? Are you rehearsing? Whatever? No, no, I'm good. Okay. Sorry. People I know, that's not how we roll. Thanks, everyone. That's it for this week. We'll finish up this topic next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long. 